Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I am back from vacation. I was under the weather yesterday, but I am back and better than ever for draft night. Johnny Manziel. How am I the man still? I don't know. I don't know. And if you listen, to my recent episodes, you guys understand my hesitancy to say that we're going to keep this pit tonight. And with a lot of rumors really heating up over the last 24 hours with the draft being tonight, I don't know if we keep the pick. There are rumors that we want to trade up. Um, a lot of rumors that we want to trade up. And there's guys like Matherin, Matherin Benedict Matherin from Arizona and Dyson Daniels from Australia if we can get into that top eight range, are people that we're looking at to fill that void. And you guys have heard, obviously, all the rumors swirling around John Collins. It seems like everyone is connected to John Collins. And there are reports that have been out that said, basically, they expect John Collins to be gone by the end of the day. By the end of the day, they expect him to no longer to be an Atlanta Hawk. And I want to take this episode to basically... You know, regardless of what happens, let people know that John Collins is a damn good player. He's a damn good player. And I just think that we just did not utilize him well. Specifically, Nate McMillan in this system did not use John Collins to his strengths offensively, which made it harder for him to obviously develop defensively as well, even though he did get better on the defensive end. Um, He's not a bad player. He's a player that I would love to keep, but if we're not going to utilize him the right way, I'd rather see him in a system where he can thrive and be the guy that we knew that he could be as we saw him continue to grow in his game year after year here in Atlanta. So if John Collins goes, he will be dearly missed. He is one of my favorite players on this Hawks team, just with his demeanor, how he is as a teammate. Uh, always remains positive no matter what is going on, and I can always respect anybody who does that. So I'm going to tip my cap to you, John Collins, whether we trade you or not. Um, But moves have to be made. Sacrifices have to be made. And we're going to talk about a DeJounte Murray, John Collins swap, potentially, and then some of the other teams interested in John Collins, as well as dive into some other rumors about some players on this roster If you guys have been living under the rock, now, I was out in Vegas, and phone was on, notifications were on. I was monitoring while I was uh, enjoying the time uh, with the group that I went. It was a great group of guys that I went to Vegas with. Um, Really, really had a fun time. Really had a great vacation. But it's time to get back to work, and clearly, the Hawks have been working. They've been making a lot of phone calls, creating a lot of buzz 
around the league as far as who is available on the roster. And as we said several programs ago, pretty much everyone except Trey Young is available. Pretty much everyone. Now, there are some other people that they have thrown out after that. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, who they basically have the reluctance that they said, hey, they want to keep and extend. Uh, Ayeka Kongu, obviously with John Collins on a silver platter for everyone to look at and gauge their interest, that they want Okongu to have an expanded role next year. So we're going to dive into a little bit of that as well. But the big thing is we're going to address these rumors. The draft is tonight. We have the 16th pick. I always thought that we wouldn't stay at 16. I thought we would either trade away or trade up. And if we do keep 16, Obaji from KU is my guy. If he falls down to 16, we don't know. I hope he does because we know the stigma around four-year players and they're not as highly valued as younger players coming out of college, which, I mean, if you've seen Desmond Bain and some other players, uh, Jalen Brunson who have come in and made their impact as an experienced, tenured college player. You see that that immediate impact happens quickly or quicker, I'd like to say, because these guys know their game. They've spent time developing their game and maturing physically in college. So then when they come in, they know the role, they know what they're good at, and they're going to stick to what they do best. And Obaji has the potential to do that and more potentially as a two guard alongside uh, Trey Young which he would be a great defender with his athleticism, his size, um, his explosiveness, his ability to cut to the rim, and he can shoot over 40% from three. So I think he's a slam dunk if we get him at 16. But there have been rumors. First, it was Portland that, hey, we may trade John Collins and get that seventh pick from Portland. And after Portland made the trade yesterday to get Jeremy Grant, who can play the three or the four, I don't think John Collins to Portland is out right now. I don't. Especially if the Hawks really do like Matherin or Dyson Daniels at seven. I think you pull that trigger and send John Collins out west, cross-conference, so you don't have to see him again, uh, except maybe once or twice a year, if they do depending on the schedule, and you get one of those two guards that you desperately want. That's still in play if that's the route you want to go. Now, will the Blazers really want John Collins now after getting Jeremy Grant? I don't know. I don't know. But there are several other teams that are interested in John Collins' services. The Sacramento Kings have been engaged with conversations with the Hawks as well. Sacramento holds the fourth pick in the draft, which we get the fourth pick and we give up John Collins and some other pieces or whatever they want in Sacramento. And I think Harrison Barnes was dangled in that trade, which Harrison Barnes would be another score, another defender, another wing that we could use. I mean, yes, he is a little bit older, but he's not going to break the bank. He's an experienced, tenured player. And if I'm correct, 
he has won an NBA title. I always get Harrison Barnes mixed up, so bear with me as I fact check, but Harrison Barnes is a very solid player. He's a solid player. Now, he's not this other guy I'm going to mention that we've been tied to, and I'm correct. Yeah, Harrison Barnes didn't win, did win a championship at 2015 uh, with the Warriors. And last year, Harrison Barnes averaged 16 points per game, five rebounds, two assists, almost two and a half assists, played 77 games last year, shot well from two-point range, about just under 53% from two-point range last year. As a three-point shooter, he was a 39% three-point shooter, which we could certainly use. Um, he's n not known for blocks and steals, but... With his size, he has the ability to be a capable defender in the NBA. He certainly has the ability. Now, his defensive rating has gone up year after year after year since Dallas tenure for Harrison Barnes, where he was more of an offensive guy. He's gotten better offensively over the years. But, I mean, <clears throat> it's just a matter of how much do you value that pick? Do you want Jaden Ivey? Do you want Matherin or Dyson Daniels? How much do you really value these guys in the draft? So that's where the Hawks have to make a decision as far as today. Are you comfortable making these moves to get a younger guy? I mean, heck, if they get Jake Nivey, who I recently watched tape on, because I just didn't think we were going to be in a position to even draft him. But the guy is explosive. The guy can get to the rim, he can shoot, he can score at all three levels. He's tough. He would be great to play alongside Trey Young. And him and Trey Young would be a nasty backcourt for years to come. If we were able to make that trade with Sacramento, then you add a Harrison Barnes. And then that gives Okongu some shine. It gives someone that DeAndre Hunter can look up to getting Harrison Barnes. That's not a bad move. It's really not. And then we look at Portland, get that seventh pick. You get one of those two really good two guards who are great on perimeter defense with Matherin and Dyson Daniels. I mean, the, the the possibilities are there. The possibilities are there. So it's just a matter of what the Hawks value. Now, there are a lot of other teams that have been tied or have interest in John Collins. One move that makes sense, but I would hate for them to do this move, is that the Boston Celtics are interested in John Collins and potentially trading for him in tonight's draft. I think John Collins can be a more athletic Al Horford for that team. And I think that would be... Now, the veteran leadership and veteran presence that Al Horford has cannot be replaced, but John Collins would definitely be an upgrade for the Boston Celtics. But obviously be within the conference. We'd have to see John early and often. Uh, they already said in reports that Horford's not their long-term solution. And with him being 24 years old, putting him alongside of Robert Williams and Jason Tatum in their front court, that would be a pretty nasty front court up in Boston, I'd have to say. But that's my least favorite place for John Collins to end up. Now, what other teams are interested in? The Suns, they're up there. Uh, I think DeAndre Aiden is still in play. Now, I did tweet that I think there are some people out of the Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Aiden sweepstakes. And I think 
there's been some interest in the around the league in Clint Capella, who I mentioned at the top of the program. Uh, the Timberwolves are really interested in Clint Capella's services. Now, what kind of trade would that be? I really don't know. Um, he just obviously signed a two-year, $45.9 million extension that has his contract, Capella's, through 24-25. He's 28 years old. Did take a step back this year, but did have a injury, Achilles injury coming into the season. So, still, he's very impressive on both ends of the floor. I like Capella if we do keep him, but we have to be realistic. If there is the right price out there for Clint Capella, we have to listen. We have to. I mean, I know the T-Wolves have a desire to put a veteran center next to Carl uh, Anthony Towns and move Towns to the four and let him do some work there and maybe, you know, limit some of the banging, kind of do like the Anthony Davis approach uh, with the T-Wolves getting into the playoffs last year. And obviously I've talked about on this program, Cat, 41% three-point shooter last year and a 40% three-point shooter in his career, a guy that I would like coming to the Hawks. But he's obviously not offered up. Um, so the T-Wolves have interest in Capella, but I think we are holding on to Capella through the draft until we see what happens with Rudy Gobert and what happens with DeAndre Ayton. Because we already know DeAndre Ayton has to be a sign-and-trade. And Rudy Gobert, they're asking for a haul for him. I personally think if we make this John Collins move tonight, that puts us out of the Rudy Gobert running, but we're still in the DeAndre Ayton running. Now, with Detroit trading Jeremy Grant to Portland yesterday, which I did call on this program. You don't, you guys did hear me. Um, with him being traded to Portland, now Detroit has the largest cap space in the NBA. I'm thinking about $57 million, which I saw earlier today. They're going to be the favorites. They're going to, going to be aggressively pursuing DeAndre Ayton. So I don't know if we're going to firmly be in that DeAndre Ayton race as much as I would love to be. So I think we end up keeping Capella, even though I love DeAndre Ayton and his potential here in Atlanta on his team. Clint Capella, he's going to be healthier. He didn't, I mean, he did get hurt in the playoffs. Uh, he is going to spend part of the offseason healing and not as much time training and getting getting back into game shape. Now, I think he will eventually, obviously. I'm not saying he's not going to. But, you know, I had this conversation in a group chat. People will put stock into some players, but if they go into the offseason injured, and I heard uh, Sabrina Inesco uh, talk about it uh, coming into this, this WNBA season is that when you spend most of your offseason healing and getting back to being healthy, there's, it's, you're limited in what you can prove in your game. If you're going to the offseason healthy, like in Okongwu, I expect some development this offseason, which is why I want to keep him. And if we can keep Capella alongside Okongwu, I really like that defensively. Defensively, that's going to be a pretty good front court. Now, as I say this, like I said, I re really think John Collins is going to be traded pretty soon. 
pretty soon. Uh, and it could be today. It could be today in the draft. And when you look at these reports right now, the contract is very, very appealing for people as far as John Collins. His upside, his three-point shooting, his ability to rebound, um, his athleticism, his rim-running potential makes him in a, a desirable four in this league. And you guys know my affinity for him. I said it earlier in the program. I would love to keep John Collins. I would love to utilize him to the best of his ability. But we have to follow, you know, what is out there. And right now, the biggest thing, and this happened late last night. Now, there are reports, and it could be because of Landry Fields, who just got promoted within uh, the front office here, who came from the Spurs organization, has that relationship. And the next thing you know, we're having conversations about getting all-star Spurs guard DeJounte Murray here in Atlanta for John Collins. Now, reports say that the Spurs are fielding offers for Murray that was kind of like a Drew Holiday-like package where the Pelicans sent Drew Holiday up to Milwaukee. And I think that was a three-team trade, I want to say. Um, but for San Antonio to part away with Murray, according to a report here on the Bleacher Report, they would like three first-round picks for Murray. At least three first-round picks. And it seems like the most significant discussion has occurred with our Atlanta Hawks. And John Collins would be in that trade. I heard that they really want Okongwu in that trade. That's someone that I would kind of shy away from, but maybe throw in a Kevin Herter. And maybe a Jalen Johnson and some, and some future picks. That's who I would throw at Murray if the Spurs will take that. Now, I know I was talking to Dan, our man, Dan the man here at Sports Ethos, and he has some skepticism about these reports, and I do too. I mean, it's tough to think that the Spurs are just part of way with their all-star guard. It's tough. I don't know what spurred this, uh, no pun intended, but it was very random. It came out of left field, but it was very exciting nonetheless because the Hawks need another dynamic ball handler, someone who can play defense alongside Trey Young, and that DeJounte Murray can do. He was the Steels champion last year in the league. He's a one-time All-Star. Last year, he averaged 21 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. He was no stranger to triple-doubles. He had some games where he killed our Atlanta Hawks, and we remember that very well. <laughs> now, he's not an elite three-point shooter, but he's a guy that can get to the rim. He can finish. He gets to the free-throw line. Uh, I, I want to see him get to the free-throw line a little bit more. Last year was his most free-throw attempts per game, just under four, but... His ability to play make, his ability to score, he shoots 79% from the free throw line. He averaged two steals a game last year. Uh, turnovers went up, but he had more ball handling responsibilities, and he overall averaged about two fouls a game. He is someone that can really take the load off of Trey Young in spurts and run the offense and score in his own right when we're giving Trey Young some blow and Obviously, they can play alongside each other. Maybe if we get a DeJounte Murray that adds some off-ball elements, off-ball screens to get Trey Young some cleaner three-point looks and make him even more lethal behind that three-point stripe. So 
I like the possibilities that DeJounte Murray brings to this Atlanta Hawks team. I think that makes the Hawks one of the better backcourts in the NBA. If we have a Trey Young and a DeJounte Murray. I mean, currently, uh, he, he has a four-year, $64 million deal that is expected to expire in 2024. That's not a bad contract. And depending on how he plays, obviously, we're going to have to make some moves. Um, Gallo is probably not going to be on our roster, so we can pay this guy, especially if we move on, move along some pieces in this trade. Now, I think this is the best move. Now, I mentioned the Trailblazers in that seventh pick. There have been reports that the Trailblazers have made Ananobi a priority for that seventh pick. So I don't know if we get the seventh pick from Portland. And maybe we are not the favorite to get that seventh pick. And I think in order for us to get the fourth pick from Sacramento, John Collins would have to move. And as much as I like Jaden Ivey, and I do like Jaden Ivey, I think our fans would probably want DeJounte Murray instead of Ivy, even though they. I think we can't go wrong with either. And we have the ability to get potentially Harrison Barnes on his team, which is another... He would be a really good third, third option on this team, really good third, fourth option on this team, especially if DeAndre Hunter is still on the team, which he should be. He takes a step forward. Okongu, I really like that team. I do. Um, but it's just a matter of what we, what, what are we prioritizing? Are we going to prioritize staying in this draft and getting Ivy or getting DeJounte Murray potentially? Now, there are some other teams tied to DeJounte Murray and those other teams are the Knicks, the Wizards, the T-Wolves who are trying to dangle D'Angelo Russell. And that has reportedly not been a very successful Dangle at this point, but Murray to Atlanta is something that it seems to be heating up as of late. And with the Hawks being extremely motivated to move John Collins by the draft tonight, I think that might be the trade that happens today. I think that might be the trade that happens today, unless something crazy happens, something falls through, and then we end up getting that. Fourth pick from Sacramento, send John Collins to Sacramento, get Harrison Barnes back, and then that fourth pick, get Jaden Ivey. I think those are the two best scenarios in this case right now because I just, with the cap space that Detroit has, I don't know if we're going to get DeAndre Aiden. It's going to be really tough. Um, with the haul that they're asking for Rudy Gobert, that's going to be very tough as well to really just part and really pillage our roster to get a Rudy Gobert who would basically add to our interior defense. That's going to be an upgrade for sure. Um, DPOY guy. I mean, one of the most efficient defensive players in the NBA. So certainly nothing, nothing wrong with Gobert. It's just the asking price, which has a lot of people on edge, on edge as far as, hey, do we really, really, really want to go get Rudy Gobert? And I'm on edge too about it myself. But I think the best case scenario is now, hell, let's keep Capella. Let's keep Capella at this point. See what happens with those centers. I don't think he moves. But John Collins either goes to Sacramento 
or to San Antonio by the end of the day. I think those are the two likely spots for the power forward that I beloved here for the Atlanta Hawks. And again, I thank him for just his demeanor. I mean, to be a consummate professional through trade rumors, through injuries, still being a great teammate, being a nice guy in the locker room, not being afraid to call out guys in the locker room, which I really like. Uh, but it's time to give him some shine that he rightfully deserves. And I think either of those places will allow him to do that. It'll be really interesting. There's a lot of, a lot of, you know, forwards in Sacramento. So that'll be really interesting to see there. But I think the Spurs is the best fit for him as a player. And obviously we get a guy who is an all-star guard in exchange. And I think that's a win for us. Now, I think there has to be some other pieces that are thrown into that trade. And I've thrown out Herder. I've thrown out Jalen Johnson. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but maybe a Sharif Cooper. I mean, we're at the mercy of the Spurs at this point. We're going to have to give up someone that we beloved here in Atlanta to get where we want to go. And if that is too painful of a pill to swallow, then maybe we need to go the Sacramento route. I don't know. I don't know. I just report what I hear. Uh, but nonetheless, the Hawks have options. And if that option lands us parting away with some, some players that we like, but getting DeJounte Murray or parting away with John Collins and getting potentially Jaden Ivey at four or whoever falls at four right there, if Jaden Ivey goes early and then you get Harrison Barnes, I don't see that as a bad idea. I don't. So, but hey, that is all I have. I mean, that's really all I have. It's just going to be rumors and speculations until we see what happens with trades today leading into the NBA draft. We're going to have a live draft show here at Sports Ethos tonight that I will be a part of. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. If you guys have tuned into any of our live shows here at Sports Ethos, you will understand how much fun we have, you know, just covering the draft and talking through things here at Sports Ethos. We're a family. We're growing. We are great colleagues. I mean, it's it's just a lot of fun. So I really, really hope that you guys have the ability to tune in. Now, the live draft coverage starts on YouTube, 4 p.m. Pacific time, so 7 Eastern time here in Atlanta. I'm going to be on around when the Hawks do pick or if the Hawks make a trade. Regardless, I will be on after I get off of my day job. And we're going to talk the draft. We're going to talk whatever trades happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you guys know that when I'm not hosting my show, you know, I'm, I'm when I'm hosting the show, I'm buttoning up. I have some punchlines, you know, some analysis. You know, I do my thing. But on there, <laughs> since I'm not the host, I act a fool. I act a fool. I entertain while putting out facts. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You guys tune in tonight again, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific on YouTube. I have retweeted it on my page. If you go on our page or the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks page, you should see it. And if you don't, I'm going to retweet it right now. So you guys support us in our endeavors tonight as we cover the draft. Add it to your already 
occurring draft coverage that you watch whenever you tune into the draft. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks here at Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. You know what to do. Share with fellow basketball fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. It does not matter. Put them onto the show, especially before the night, and let everybody know about the live draft show. Come check us out at Sports Ethos and myself as I join this great team and cover tonight's activities. And you, as always, follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. And follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Catch this episode before the draft, and then let's see what's going to happen. I'm going to be on edge. Notifications on today. Yours should be too. We'll see what the Hawks are going to do to start off this offseason.